Blog Talk Radio. And then I guess I, I toned it down. But I don't have to tone it down, and I didn't today. Recruiting Animal here on July 11th, July 1 1, 2018. And I want to start the show off today by telling you about a scandal that's going on here in Canada. It's called Grope Gate. Grope Gate. Our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, pretty boy, he comes across as being a very decent guy, and he's taken a very strong stand on women's rights. But in the last few weeks, an editorial that was written in the year 2000, 18 years ago, in a small-town newspaper in British Columbia, it came to light. And in it, a reporter, a woman, says that at a music festival back then, Trudeau groped her. And yesterday I read in the Toronto Star that she said he touched her briefly on, quote, her rear and he touched her on the, maybe he gave her a pat, I don't know. But she complained then and there. She told him she didn't like it, and he apologized right on the spot. Here's what he said. He said if he had known that she was also representing a national newspaper chain and not just some dinky little local paper, he wouldn't have been so forward, okay? I, I think it was a joke. Nobody said so, though, but I think it was a joke. I don't think he took it too seriously. But she told her publisher and her et- what part of me, Jerry? She told her publisher about it, and she told her editor about it, and they believed her. And now he's confronted with the story, okay? So what happened? Trudeau first said he didn't remember it. Then he said that men and women tend to see things differently, right? But before this story came out, he said that in any case of sexual harassment, you always have to believe the woman. Right? So I don't think anybody believes him. Everybody believes her version of the story, and no one thinks that it's a really serious issue. But no one likes his attempt to cover up. It turns him into not just a liar, but a hypocrite. You know, and I think the same thing would be true. If you did a reference check on a great candidate, and if it came out that once, 18 years ago, he briefly patted a woman on her rear end. I don't think it would be a deal breaker, but if you asked him about it and he seemed to be lying, that might turn you the recruiter against him. I don't know what anyone else is going to think. It's a hot potato topic, but if they have an opinion, they're free to speak up on Jerry. Jerry! What choices? Jerry. What are you fooling around with me? What show is it? Can you hear me? No. (laughs) Animal. Can you? Thanks for screwing it up, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, I asked you before yeah, the show, are you going to do it? Dude. Going to do it live? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to do I'm, it live. I'm going to do it I'm live. I'm not here to be your punching bag anymore. Hey, everybody. Jerry, I, did what yeah, I, I just want, I just want everyone off. to know, Jerry sent me a bill just before the show for a million dollars on PayPal. Yes, I okay? did. Yeah, and I clicked it. Pay up. The wrong way, and, and PayPal said, "Oh, you don't have enough money to cover this." And I, I had to figure out how to get rid of it. A million dollars, you're good and for you, it. a million you're dollars, not. and you can't, and you can't even shout when it's your time. Thank you. Uh, and I want to thank, I want to thank my sponsors as well. Martin Snyder oh from, from PC what? Recruiter, the recruiting, uh, 
<laughs> the Swiss Army What's knife going of recruiting on, man? software. This is, this is this is a bad show. Okay, get out of here. I don't care anymore. No, okay. Just, I, <laughs> you start off hey, talking about the Canadian Weinstein, which we hadn't even heard about down here, but that's atrocious. Everything okay. he has well, a history if you of being a, a sexual I predator. On the hot seat. I don't want to put you on the hot spot, so you hot. You don't have to say anything. If you had a candidate and you found out that 20 years ago he touched someone's rear end, would you rule him out? You don't have to answer. You don't have to answer. I think you would legally have to now, don't you? I don't know. Uh, 20 years ago. 20, 40, 100, it doesn't matter. It okay. does not matter. Amy, do you want to get I in on this? Uh, I'm wasting all kinds five. of time. <laughs> Amy, do you, do you want just, I, I, I'm kind of scared of what people are going to find out that I did 18 years ago. Honestly, yeah, okay. I mean, what was he, like oh, 17? Oh. He's, he's See, an infant. Oh, no, he was 20, we already know. He was young. He was 28. He was 28 back then? Yeah, he's the oh, same Lord. age as, uh, he's not a kid. He's a prime minister. He's, he's 28 40. now. You know, yeah, I, he looks he just, like it. I don't know. <laughs> I, a music festival. I, gosh, I'm yeah. torn it was on not this. only a music so festival. It was a music festival. Around when I was in college. Sorry, who's talking there? Somebody saying, Michael G. Cox. Who is that? Yeah, yeah. I was just saying. I'm so thankful that cell phones weren't around when I was in college. Oh, okay, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> you might get you fi- that might get you fired in this context. I don't know what you're confessing to. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, let's, I'll move on with the show. Amy Miller. She's a corporate tech recruiter. Uh, she bakes fancy cakes for money on the side. And I guess they don't pay her enough where she's working. Okay. I even saw, and these are fancy. I mean, she'll bake a cake and she'll put your football jersey and football on top of it and cover it in yeah. icing. Okay. People want Absolutely. it. Yeah. Tell us what anyway. you love. We'll make it edible. <laughs> Okay, she is a very confident person. She claims that I quoted her wrong when I said that you know she claimed she could beat Watson, that computer over at IBM. But she said That's she was I claim, definitely Amy. know. She was willing yeah. she said she was willing to go up against Watson. Okay. Oh. Now that's bull. Well, what's what's the game? I mean, if we're playing chess, I'm not going to win, but I could probably whoop his ass in cake making. Mm. Well, what about sourcing? <laughs> Can I use higher tool? You're going to do the act for hire tool today. Just let me finish, okay? <laughs> Alla Recruiter. Okay. For some reason, she hasn't changed her, her, uh, her Twitter name. A-L-A Recruiter. That's, it's, it's pretty good, nice and short. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Amy, do you make a low-carb cake? You know, type 2 diabetes is no. very popular these days. Heck no. No gluten-free. I mean, we are the butter, sugar kingdom okay. around here we love okay. all that fat stuff okay you said you said you love this tweet i'm just going to get right into it now you said and Let's this is, i think it's from people shark a recruiter isn't curious a recruiter who isn't curious is an admin a recruiter who isn't curious is an admin you say "Ooh, i love that do you think admins are stupid or dull yeah. no i think i think they're not curious really? i don't think not being curious in a recruiting context equals stupidity uh-huh. I think a lot of yeah. people are very curious. I mean, you're asking questions. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, you laughed at this on you laughed at this on Twitter. The recruiter I says. Cra- the- I think you know when you think about the context that we're talking about. If you're in a recruiting position, your job is to bridge the gap between candidates and companies. If you're not curious in that context, you're probably just shuffling resumes around and doing paperwork. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know anyone who's not curious. I don't know. Anyway. Well, uh, then, you know, the barrier to recruiting entry is low, so let's all do it. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, you laughed at this on Twitter. The recruiter says yes. to the candidate, potentially, when's the best time for me to give you a call? The candidate, who's a developer, says sometime around 1996 when phone calls were considered normal. You think that's funny. <laughs> I don't. I, do I think don't. That's funny. <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> I love a developer with a sense of humor. <laughs> okay, okay. You you also said that you won the high jump when you were in fourth grade. There was a clip of you I giving did. a talk, right? What were you talking about? Yes. That you were talking about high jumps. 
We were talking about, it was a blog that I had written, a post I'd written a few years ago, and it was, it was about, a, oh, I think it was when, um, I don't even remember the company, but somebody was taking away salary negotiations because they were trying to level the playing field for women. And I, that bothered me. And I, I remember being, you know, this tiny, short, little, you know, miniature fourth grader. If they had lowered the bar, I mean, the literal bar, the high jump bar, it wouldn't have been a big deal. It's the one athletic thing I've ever won in my entire life. And I'm 44 now. And I, I just, I still have some weird sense of pride in that, but I had to work for it. I had to jump the same bar that everyone else around me and even the big kids and the tall kids and the athletic kids had to jump. If you'd lowered it just so I could make it over, what kind of an accomplishment is that? Okay. So are you saying that you don't agree with these laws that you're not allowed to ask candidates how much money they're earning? Is that what you're saying indirectly? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I'm really proud of myself for winning the high jump. But if you want to talk about the care. Well, I couldn't care what you did when you were, you know, eight years old, okay? I thought it might have some relevance. That's what we're talking about. But, no, as far as the laws, we have a, you know, kind of a a best practice, if you will, that we don't ask about current compensation. I don't care about current compensation. The only time current compensation is an issue is if I'm for some reason somehow have made – somehow we've we've come in below your current comp because who wants to take a cut and pay so i am far more interested in really the number i care about is what is your yes number what's it going to take for you to join this team and then if that number is crazy let's talk about how you got there you know are you being realistic maybe maybe not we can talk about it but i don't okay give me an example give me an example is that are you just feeding us you know standard lines or do you actually get people in there who are good candidates but they overrate mm-hmm. themselves, you know, and you have All to the talk time. them down. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I want a story. Give offer. me a story. Give you me want a story about somebody who was who was overinflated. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I will uh, not use any names because I don't want to get anybody in trouble names. or no, upset no, with me. No. Um, it's okay. Better if it's not recent. Okay, go ahead. Yes, let me let me go back in my memory banks. 18 years ago, I was at a musical festival with uh, Justin Trudeau. No, okay. Um, <laughs> so I had, this is this has been a couple of years, but this was when data science, machine learning, all those fancy buzzwords really started getting um, very diff- difficult, hard to find, hard to hard to woo. And I had a very junior candidate who had, mm, gosh, maybe a couple years of of actual industry experience, uh, decent school, no patents, uh, no PhD. I mean, he he was good, but he wasn't, didn't have the same depth of experience in education as as other candidates. Fine, we're still going to hire him. We still like him. We still think he's great for the team, but he's not going to command the same level, the same. Uh, package that a 10-year PhD point. would. Get, okay, it, 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 he I wanted the 10-year PhD package. And I said, help me understand how you got there. And he said, well, I think, I feel, I, uh, my friends make. You know, it was all just about his emotion around it. And, and articles he read about data science being the emerging new technology, it had absolutely nothing to do with his actual pedigree, his experience, certainly nothing to do with his current comp, which we didn't even get into. But he was coming from this place of, well, I think that I should have this with no real data to back it up. So how did you talk to him? Did you say, look, you little punk, you ignoramus, where are you coming up with this figure? Or, you know, did you coddle it's like him when you were he was there. Young? It's exactly what I said. And I, I grabbed him by the collar, slapped him a little. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just said, I just said, you know, I, I understand this is an emotional decision for you. This is your first time job searching out of school. You kind of got picked up right away by a, a large company as a university grad. And so I get it. This is, this is your first rodeo, you know? Um, so let me help you. Let me tell you the kinds of questions that I'm going to get asked. Let me tell you about the discussion with my compensation team and the things that they want to know that are going to justify the package that we put together. How do you answer these things? And he's like, oh, wow, I, I can't. I don't have that. Okay, so let's talk about how we can get you there. So this is your goal. This is what you think you want. 
realistically, you're five to seven years away from that. So what can you do right now and what can you do in the next five years to make sure that when you're ready for that level, you're doing the work now wait a second. to be qualified wait a second. for it. Wait, wait, wait. I don't understand why you got into the money talk before you'd even discuss the, discuss the requirements for the job. How did that happen? We were already, we'd already interviewed him. We were already at that point. And then you had to go over everything again? Is, is that we what go happened? deeper at that point, yes. This was 18 years ago at a concert in the haze of a drug-filled room. I was supposed to remember the exact conversation. <laughs> this was two years ago. The music ago. was blasting, everybody was popping and grinding. I mean, come on. <laughs> you, you've got sexual pictures in your, in your mind, Jerry. They, they, they're confusing you. This was two you years ago. You started it. Yeah. How often does something like this happen? It sounds like you had to go back. It's true. It's a rare occurrence. It sounds like maybe one percent of the candidates inflate their yeah, their demands. I, I no, don't no, get a no, ton of candidates that. that are so far away like this particular instance, but I definitely every day have candidates who have two, three, four offers, including mine. That, did this that, I mean, I have, have not made an offer. Punk, did this punk have another offer? Yes, he had one oh, other really? one, and, and he didn't one did he like end up taking? because they also well, he took ours. Okay, you know what? Here's a th- I'm gonna whoever said something, I'll get to you in a second. But would you want it? this guy? Was he arrogant or just naive? I mean, because if he was arrogant, would you want someone like that on your team? What was his personality? Then, you know, I I had absolutely I had that discussion with the hiring manager. He I would say seventy five percent naive, twenty five percent arrogant. I think okay. the arrogance. Uh, and we talked about that. The hiring manager and I discussed it, and I said, when you think about how this person's going to impact your team, this is a personality that's joining your organization. Who else is on your team? How are they going to react to this? What you know? What are the pitfalls? Do you feel like you can coach him? Do you feel like? And he actually had, I think, two or three additional conversations. They met for coffee. I think they had lunch with the larger team. So he also, even after we've decided we want to make an offer, he still kind of continued to probe that and say, okay, what is this kid going to be like once he's on my team? and I'm leading him and mentoring him. So, yes, we okay. talked a lot about that. Okay, who was that, Alan? Who else was saying that? I'm, I'm foolish to say it's only once in a while. Who was that? Me, Alan. Okay, so I, go ahead. I'm fight, I'm fighting multiple, I'm, there's no shot. I'm fighting multiple offers all the time nowadays. No, no, we're talking about people who have inflated ideas of what they deserve. All okay? the time. Especially right now. Multiple offers feed that. Yeah. When you have somebody with multiple offers, they think that we, they can start pitching us against and, each other. And, oh, well, so-and-so said I'd give me this, and so-and-so said that. And how are you going to beat it? It's not always about beating it on the numbers. Animal, right. are you in business right now? No, are you Jerry, Jerry. In the economy in I, any I, way? You know what? I Jerry, it's tell really you, if simple. You're no, no, wait a second. If you're, I'm going to address Jerry. If you're a headhunter, you don't come up with multiple offers because you're calling, you're calling people who aren't looking for jobs. <laughs> God, God, when was the last time, when was the last time you did a search? When was the last time you did a search? Let Alan finish off. Do you have an example oh, you want to give us? Yes. I'm yes. sorry, Amy. We're dealing oh, yes. with a recruiter here from Canada who only here. works with passive candidates, who only gets offers for candidates no, no, no. he knows okay, will no. accept on the spot. No. Zero. And they never turn down his offer, Zero right? He doesn't down. make an offer Hold unless on. they say yes. So, Amy, okay, here's let one at a time. Yeah. Come on. Here's, come on. Uh, so here's Alan, my, here's, let Alan, Alan give his story, okay? Don't here's my theory, and I want Amy's opinion on this. No commercials. Okay. 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 So let's say that you go out and you find a passive candidate. Okay, fine. And we all that's, – that's the goal. Here's what happens. A person is passive until we start talking to them, and then they have an expiration date of being passive because they're like, hey, wait a minute. Amy called me. Microsoft called me. Hey, I think I'm going to take some of these other calls. I think I'm going to start looking around. And depending upon how long the process takes, you've just gone from being the sole opportunity for that person to all of a sudden now they've got one, two, three, four other opportunities. And if they're talking with the 95% of people in our industry that are idiots then and not the 5% that are on this call – they're listening to the, oh, yeah, dude, I can get you 20% more. I can get you this. I can get you that. And also, we're fighting with that, trying to explain it to them. Amy, your take. The, yeah, the, can, the, the passive candidate is, I, I, that term makes me cringe. And I know it's just part of our vernacular, and we use it all the time. Passive prospect, maybe. 
But once you've activated them, once you've said, hey, there might be something better than what you're doing, there's, if there's anything engineers, data scientists, those kinds of guys love, it's data. And guess what? I am one data point. They're not going to make a decision with one data point. They want to see, well, what's Facebook up to or what's Google mm -hmm. up to or what's Amazon up to? And if I'm going to see what Microsoft is up to, I might want to see what these other people are up to because I need to gather tons and tons and tons of data to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anybody else want to – we're going to move on. Anybody else got uh, no, to say No, Animal, I want to hear your opinion on this stuff because you're the I one that I told you my well. opinion. I told you my opinion. You might lose out on the money, but it's not because there's tons and tons of offers coming in. I don't work in IT. <laughs> I don't work in IT. You know, maybe well, yeah, are you recruiting lumberjacks or coal miners? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you recruiting that don't have multiple offers, man? Okay. I would like to know, too. Because I want to get in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, get out of your current Jerry's business. Jerry's looking for a change. Yeah, I'm Jerry looking for a change. change. You, you're animal. You're working in a entirely passive recruiting community where if you get one offer for your blinders candidate, he's going to take it. Not even look around. Not even consider other options. What secret gold mine is this? You can email me if you'd like instead of telling the yeah, whole okay. world. Yeah, I, I, all I can remember, Jerry, is that you didn't know how to do the shout at the beginning of the show. That's I, all I'm going to be thinking about mute, today. Dummy. Whenever you open your mouth, you okay? Me okay, Amy, Amy, <laughs> yes, you're doing the. You know what? I was listening to you. You, you. I'm going to talk to you in a few minutes about your. You did a webinar on the HR tech stack. I didn't know you were an expert in that. But the first thing I heard you talk <laughs> about either. was was a product I introduced you to on my Facebook group and who's a sponsor of this show, Hire Tool. You're going to do the ad for Hire Tool today, and I'm not going to pay you for it. And uh, do you want to do it now or later? Let's do it. Can I just kind of free flow and talk about my love for Hire Tool? Yeah, that, go ahead. It's a it's a pitch. So I was super fortunate, got a chance to do uh, a demo with Hire Tool, and it saved hours and hours of sourcing time. So I, I'm in a position, I'm very lucky, I have dedicated sourcing teams that work with me and my clients, but I do still have to pick up some extra slack and I, I still have to do my own stuff. Hire Tool literally saved hours. I primarily use the AI sourcing function. It was phenomenal. If you have not tried it, try it. It, it will change your life. I'm still pushing to get us to uh, potentially invest in it. So that's a conversation that's still happening. Big company takes a while, but I, I mean, I'm at a point now I'm ready to pay for it myself out of pocket. It's that well, good. You know what? If, if I didn't know that, if, if you invest in them, I'm going to raise their fee on this show, okay? <laughs> H, I'm going to spell it, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L.com. Thank you. And you know what, people? There's a free Chrome extension. You don't have to have deep pockets to try it out, okay? Go hey, there. Animal. Amy Miller, back to you. You mm -hmm. told Mash Mesha Cannon that winning candidates, like good candidates, like can actually say dumb things in an interview uh, that blows it for them. And uh, you try to coach people just like you tried to coach that dummy, uh, that young punk. You just, I won't say dummy. You hired him, okay? But he that kid, young. you tried to coach him, right? But you told the yes. story about someone else you tried to coach, and he said, I don't need any coaching. I'm going no. into the interview, <laughs> and I can do it all myself, okay? And he struck out. Is that true? Oh, it's so true. And that was a $30,000 fee. This is back in my agency days. I mean, all oh, that oh, was, that still stinks. Okay. Oh, my God. That, that is a punch in the gut. Man, yeah, but was that guy that higher then? Or was he, you know, I mean, did he have the skills and the qualifications to, to do the job? Yeah, so we were, looking, we were looking for a CFO for a solar company. The, the investor, the person who was launching this, like, solar startup, this is, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago or something, um, he was looking for a CFO, someone that could take over kind of the day-to-day, -day and, and he was going to step back because he's, he's more of a VC guy. He specifically asked for someone out of public utilities. He had, I don't remember the specific reasons, but he had very clear reasons why he wanted this particular kind of person. And he's like, I will teach them, you know, I'll kind of get them up to speed and, and help manage the more startup-y, not government, political, public utility piece. Uh, so I find this great candidate who'd been, you know, I don't know, chief muckety-muck of some 
energy company was explaining this to him and was kind of telling him, look, I want you to be cautious of talking about what you don't know because we, we know that we get, there's a gap here, but we're hiring you potentially because of these strengths and da, 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 da. And he said, he stops me and he says, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit because it's been a long time, but he said something to the effect of Amy, no offense, but I've been doing this since you were in diapers. I, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And I said, okay, carry on. And he blew it. So when we did the debrief with our client, he said, you know, this guy's great. He's got the exact right background I was looking for, but I'm really concerned because he kept focusing on what he doesn't have. The, the startup experience, the solar experience, he kept coming back to the pieces that, that he thought were missing. And we already knew that. We weren't worried about that. But the fact that he kept talking about it, I can't move forward with this guy. Okay, so hold on. Let me ask you something. Again, is this a one-off you know, case or you know, one-in-a-million case, or do a lot of candidates need the recruiter to coach them before they see a hiring manager or an interview committee? Yes. Yeah, I think there's different levels of coaching. Not everyone needs a full-on you know, hour debrief before they go in maybe it's just a few minutes maybe it's just sanity checking uh you know where their head's at but yeah i i I would as a candidate if i were myself on the market or looking at opportunities i would be asking my recruiter what do i need to know what Mm -hmm. are landmines i could avoid what should i talk about not talk about why would I walk into a situation with a brand new group of people that i don't know at a company i've never been and assume that i have all the answers Mm -hmm. okay who else was that alan again with Hell the yes, yes, the deep yes. Who was Hell that? Yes. Yeah, you me. want to say something? You have an example? Candidates you're saying need, that most can- candidates need coaching before they go into an interview. Is that what Absolutely. you're saying? Absolutely. Smart ones it, ask for it. Smart ones ask for it, and, and, and like she says, it depends on the level, but every candidate, sh- ideally, ideally, every candidate needs to be prepped. Only because if, if for the only reason this is a people business, and if you're walking in, I talk too much. I know that. I tell people, don't do this. Here's, here's who you're meeting with. Here's, here's who they are. Don't talk about football. Talk about soccer. Here's your examples. Here's this. They're going to do this. Have this. It's more the coaching of the nuances for the more experienced people. For the more junior people, it's don't make a comment about the people at your current company are too old because you're going to come in here and you're going to look like an idiot. It's various, but every candidate, ideally, good ones ask for it, and good ones appreciate it. Okay, you know, Tyron, Tyron, who Giuliani, who made a ton of money in Tokyo as a recruiter, he gave hours, uh, like very senior jobs, he would give hours of coaching for his, uh, for his candidates. Okay. okay. But I always figure that most of them, they know a lot more than me about their positions, so how much can I tell We're them? We're not talking right? about the position. Not, I'm not yeah. coaching somebody on how to write code. I'm coaching okay. someone on how to communicate with a hiring manager that I work closely with every day. If you set up your friend with your neighbor, you know, you're playing a little romance matchmaker, aren't you going to be like, hey, he really likes, you know, uh, Seattle Seahawks and, and he hates soccer or whatever, you know, you kind of give some insight and say, this is this person's personality. This is the things that keep this person up at night in a professional manner. You know, this is the struggles that the team is having. We're hoping you can solve these problems. You're going to give some insight into what you're getting into Hold on, and how to you position give yourself. Honest, oh, can without, you give honest mm-hmm. insight into, into a manager's personality? I mean, yes. you give honest. Why would you not? I got a great because one for the animal. It might not be flattering, and it might come out, okay? No. It might become public. No. Hold on. Here's, here's Wait, the best well, like, story I have. Give me an recently. example of bad feedback that I would like, oh, this guy touched somebody's butt 18 years ago at a music festival. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Go ahead. Al's got here. all the answers. Go ahead, Al. Go ahead. It's not, all the answer. it's not all the answers. It's an experience. So here it goes. Amy's the hiring manager. Senior level trainer position. Amy has lost three candidates coached the next candidate in, and I said, here's the deal. You already know how to do the job. Here's three things you need to do if, if and when it comes up in the conversation appropriate. Number one, ask for a tour of the factory. She'll give it to you anyway, but ask for it. Number two, when you're looking around, if you're in her office, look around. Make a comment about the pictures of her and her dog. She loves her dog. Number three, if appropriate, at any time, 
comments about a vacation, make a comment that you've been thinking about taking a cruise. She just took her first cruise, and now she's in love with cruising. When I, I, I had to do a debrief with five people on that interview cycle for this one, hiring manager called up and said, Alan, I don't need to do the debrief. Hire her now. And it was all because of those three items. Nothing to do with the job. Uncle, well, I'm thinking more like, you know, this guy's kind of vain. Take a look at uh, his trophies there and, and comment on them. Well, you know what? The recruiter yeah. told me you're on the, on the vain <laughs> side. So <laughs> your recruiter told me you're kind of vain. So the recruiter told me you tend to ramble and I shouldn't interrupt. That's why I'm so quiet, okay? Anyway. And that happens. I mean, okay, let me put it this way, Animal. If that conversation ever happened, God forbid, but the hiring manager already knows because I probably coached him ahead of time and said, hey, you're a little bit of a rambler in interviews. Try to let the candidate get a word in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Okay, you told Mesha, okay, I did my research, and I want you to elaborate on it here, I that you, you inevitably <laughs> have onboarding issues or cold feet issues. Uh, inevitably? Sure. Isn't that an overstatement? Of course. I'm the queen of overstatements and hyperbole. Are you new? <laughs> okay. So, yes, but how, no, how often you know, but we do. It doesn't happen with every single candidate, but it does happen often enough that we need to be prepared for it. We need to try to get ahead of it. So once the paperwork signed, there's often a lengthy gap between when someone signs their offer and when they actually onboard. We deal with a lot of how, work authorization dependent candidates. Not- Three months. Could be three months. Could be six months. Why? A lot of times it's work authorization. We're dealing with visa transfers, uh, relocation, relocation from um, even other countries in some uh-huh. cases. So that can uh-huh. make it, you know, four yeah. to six months. So there's there's a lot of life that's happening in that time. And so we want to make sure they're staying as excited. We want to make sure our managers, our, our hiring teams, the people that these guys are going to work with are staying in touch. Because, again, during those four months, okay, we've made this commitment, I'm going to you know, pack up and leave Toronto and I'm going to come to Seattle. Uh, oh, well, I'm still getting those phone calls. I'm still getting those pings from competitors. What, phone calls? Uh, like, what, know, what do they say? What does the hiring manager say? What's going on? Yeah, I don't like generalities. I don't understand them. Yeah. Okay. Jerry's right. I'm clueless. Fill me in. <laughs> so what so happened? During, so during that four month period, what is the manager doing to keep their new hire engaged? Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah. Calling in and checking on them. How's things going? What, are you what, excited? What? How are you today? What do you have to yeah, How are you? Hey, this is a cool new thing we just launched. Check out this latest blog that we wrote about our product that just hit the market. Or, or hey, we just onboarded somebody that went to the same school as you. Excited for you guys to work together. Keep them informed of what's going on in your world. Hey, we got your office equipment in today. We're setting up your office. We're excited to see you. It's just a very simple check-in. How are you okay. doing? Do We're you, excited do to, you, to welcome do, you. Uh, 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 do you as the recruiter, because the, the hiring managers aren't reliable in my opinion, do, are you, do you as the recruiter, Make a list of things that you know. You're, I'm going to check with the high, this with Joe or Jenny this week on Wednesday to make sure she's had a contact with the candidate in the last uh, the new hire in the last week. And if she hasn't, I'm going to make a list of things that she can talk about. Or can you trust her to come up with to do it every week and come up with this stuff? How does it work? I do trust, and, and I maybe am just super lucky to work for smart people, but I do trust my managers to be able to have that conversation. They're managers. They're leading a team. If they're not good at managing and directing and mentoring and leading people, they shouldn't be in the role. So I do, trust I do have animal, animal. Go ahead, Jer. Go ahead. Uh, both Alan and Kathy have asked me to ask you to unmute Kathy's line. 619? This is the kind of crap I deal with here behind the scenes keeping this show going. 619. <laughs> is that Kathy? Go ahead. Yes. Yes, and I've been dying. There's so many Gosh. comments I've been wanting to make, and I've been sitting here silenced by you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I checked the last time I checked on it. I did check. I checked. No, you did. Oh, oh, I knew you did. Just like you blew Shame my shout you. out you at the beginning of the show. You were totally mismanaging the control panel. Okay, she sent me a message on Twitter. Like, I look at that. Okay. Why can't anybody okay. look Twitter better than you? <laughs> I'm trying you know to what? I, I got I to do an ad. Uh, but I got to tell you, I listened to a great webinar, a really good one by Amy from a year or two ago. It was about hiring managers. 
and the way she had to deal with them, I would not have guessed that you could check them, you know, trust them to do the right to do the right thing that they've, they've got on their trained. mind. Instead of <laughs> instead of getting their product uh, out the door and getting the work done, that they've got time to think about, you know, how to keep uh, the new hire. Uh, excited about about the job. Let me, I wouldn't let me just expand it. on that animal because this is important, and I, I don't want people to lose sight of this. Okay, if you if you're a hiring manager, whatever your company is, whatever your technology is, whatever your product is, I don't care. If you are a company builder, you are responsible for bringing in people who are going to report to you. You damn well better know how to lead them. And if you don't, then maybe you should just go back to an individual Amy, 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 do you just fell off the turnip truck? Because every boss says our people are our greatest asset, and they don't care about that in practical life at all. Everybody knows it. Maybe it's the CEOs who are, are, are saying that and not the guys on the ground like that you're talking about. i got to do an ad, okay? Alan, is it okay if I do an ad now? <laughs> hey, it's your revenue. you you got to pay Jerry you. a million bucks. i got to pay Jerry for his screw-ups on the intro. Michael G. Cox, how come you never say anything anymore? Okay, I'm going to go. Probably hey, everybody. I'm on my mobile and I don't want to insult you. Okay, great. He's <laughs> muted. He mutes himself, Kathy. Okay, I he checked to work. see if you were there, and nobody was there. Okay. Anyway, hey everybody, recruiting animal here for PC Recruiter. You know, some people think, and they're right, that recruiting is fragmented. Some people are doing IT. Some people are recruiting lumberjacks and tradespeople. Who knows, right? And you can't find. Uh, can you find a software? People are saying, can I find a software that works for everyone? And some people will say, no. You know, if you're doing this kind of recruiting, you need that kind of software. And these guys make software for, you know, executive recruiting and other ones for staffing and some for direct hire. That's true generally, but not in the case of PC Recruiter. They are good for every kind of recruiting. And you know why? Because they are configurable. They are diverse. If you do any kind of recruiting, they can help you because their, their, their process is not fixed. They don't impose any kind of uh, working process on you. You configure the software yourself. And if you don't know how to do it, they'll help you, okay? But the point is, the point I'm trying to make is their product is adaptable. It's custom-made kind of to fit you. It doesn't matter if you're working for a big team. It doesn't matter if you're working out of your own basement by yourself. Big or small, it fits them all. PC Recruiter loves you, so go check them out, please, at pcrecruiter.net. If I can speak on behalf of uh, Martin for just a second. You really lost your enthusiasm. You were just kind of phoning that last part of that in. I wouldn't pay for that ad. Jerry can actually chime in on to earn some of his pay. Ooh, Brett Fag, there's, there's a guy, Brett Fagg, he said if you go to a, a career fair, the two essentials uh, that a recruiter has to have are breath mints and hand sanitizer. <laughs> and I was wondering if anybody made sense to me. Jerry it's likes cool. to go out and visit people. Do you, do you make sure that you've got uh, mints or, or breath freshener when you, when you meet people, Jerry? Oh, always. Absolutely. Yeah? What brand? Yeah. What I'm a gum person, and then I spit it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All the time. Yeah. Uh, Amy, do you meet many people? Do you have to, do you have, is that a consideration for you, Amy? Do I meet people? Still, yeah. Do you, I'm still you, here. Maybe you're just on the phone. Maybe you don't have to, you know. No, yeah, I, I have, yeah. I mean, I keep Altoids in my purse. Does that count? Love Altoids. Mm-hmm. What yeah, is I, when I do an interview kickoff, I'm in person. I'll pop an Altoid. Sure, uh, yeah. You want to show you know, at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Amy, do you, I like your hair. Do you have any uh, recommendations for shampoo or conditioner? Mm. <laughs> where are we going here? <laughs> He's dressing me. I think that's harassment. Walmart. That's my jam. Yeah. So what is it? We're talking about. These are just 
grooming tips, okay? That's not sexual harassment. No, I don't you know, man. You know, you gotta look You're on a slippery slope here. I feel very uncomfortable right now. I yeah. took a selfie this morning, you know, my preparation for the animal show. No makeup, yoga pants. I'm, I'm hey, ready. Animal, if you, if you get the chance, I'd really like to hear her take on um, offer declines. Uh, oh, okay. That's what she said she was coming I mean, we were going to talk about that. That was kind of the my, my way back to the show, as I promised. I yeah, would okay, admit go to ahead. my Thank you, Alan. Right. Thank you, Alan, for reminding me. I'm muted, you know what the time is. and I don't get to say one word. <laughs> go ahead. No one's... <laughs> that I was so excited about, and now it's going to go back in history. So I'll just listen. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on, Kathy. Okay. Let her talk about offer declines. What's your topic that you want to talk about, Kathy? No, what, what she was talking about, which I found very relevant just recently for me, was the the first go-around in the rodeo, or whatever you say. How you put that, Amy? Um, Not my first rodeo. Right. But you were telling, like, this new kid on the block it was his yes. first rodeo right yes okay. so go ahead so what do you want to answer than that though <laughs> <laughs> i can i say no it's the first time you're doing this as an industry you know outside of school and so let's let right. me help you let's, right yeah, i definitely. did that with my son's girlfriend who was making 60k as a contractor at lawrence livermore and so they wanted to bring her on full time and she goes oh i'm gonna ask for 120k and I said, oh, my God, you're going to price yourself out. Don't do that. I counseled her. I did all that stuff. What do you know? She gets offered 120 k Wow. So I, feel, I know. I felt like an idiot. But on the other hand, then my son goes to interview for law school, and I said, okay, you better have some questions written down. Oh, Mom, it's not that type of interview. Have questions written down. He walks in with his suit, and all they did was say, do you have any questions for us? So he was so glad he had his questions done. My point being is it doesn't matter what level you're at. It doesn't matter what you're applying for. A good recruiter can counsel, uh, you know, a federal judge down to a student. And, it, again, like Amy said, it's not about, you know, you knowing what's going on, you know, exactly in the industry or you having that technical knowledge, but just how to glean information and present your best self. Period. Okay. So are you telling us we know that your your husband's a, a judge of some sort? Are you telling us you can boss him around as well as your kid and Are and, you and kidding? <laughs> are you kidding? I can never okay. win an this, argument with him. What this girl, okay, this, this young woman that said she, I'm going to ask for 120 and you told her not to. Did she actually yeah. go in and ask for a different figure or did they just come come up with their own offer? You know what? How I'm going to have to ask him. I told her that she should just say I feel I should get um, what is is uh, I'm sorry, my words are losing me. What's what's standard in the industry for this position? And uh-huh. you know, not put a number out there. But yeah. she got the number. She she knew That's so great. she was smart. She knew you had egg on your face, but better safe yeah. than sorry. Okay. okay. Yeah. Can I can I ask uh, 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 Amy about offer declines now? Of course. Okay, Amy. So, I know this is this has been a hot topic. I, I there are there I, I the names escape me because I don't care. But there are recruiters out there who claim they never make offers that would not be accepted. So, virtual show of hands. Anybody want to take that perspective? Feel very strongly about that because we can go. I'm ready. <laughs> oh God, no! I've had my heart broken on offers. Yeah. It's hard, and but here's here's the yeah. thing. So I, I mentioned earlier talking about the candidate side, data is king, data rules. So had a situation. This has also been a few years now, where I was attending regular leadership meetings. You know, constantly talking about recruiting is very important to this team. They're doing a lot of hiring, and I go into a meeting thinking everything's cool. We've had a good run, and I get hit with we're not seeing enough resumes. You're not doing enough for us. You, Amy, are failing at building our pipeline. And I said, whoa, 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 hold on. What do you mean? I feel like our, you know, we've actually increased and blah, blah, blah. So long story short, I feel they feel everybody's pissed. So I said, let me pull some data. So I go back and I pull all this data and I come back to them the next week and I say, okay, here we go. 
looked at the entire pipeline. Here's the number of resumes you've actually seen. It's actually increased over Who's the last six months. Who's shuffling their papers while she's talking? Don't do it in the microphone, okay? Animal work, man. That people are lose, starting to lose interest, man. I'm, I'm starting to oh, think really? of my play game for the uh, World Cup match at two. Okay, you know what? Let me say England hi to Allison Cruz. I was going to say hi to Allison Cruz and Graham Caulfield, the expert resume man on Twitter, expert resume man, and, and Carla Porter. But then Jerry screwed up the shout, and I got totally derailed, okay? so But this offer declined. What, what are you telling Amy, that she should get to the point? You shorten her story. Don't ramble. Is that what you're saying? Maybe, maybe, okay. maybe people don't care about offers being declined. Maybe it only happens to me. But get to the point. Don't drag out the story, okay? The point is Damn. we looked at the entire data. We looked at the entire pipeline. We had a large number of profiles we were looking at. We had excellent conversion rates from submittal to tech screen to interview even to offer we were making a lot of offers but a lot of those offers were being turned down why are those offers being turned down there were two main reasons job content please Uh, was one of them job content good guess and I wouldn't have any idea about the other one yeah it was it was compensation. And so, mm. but that's not enough. That's not enough. So we can't just say, oh, gosh, we don't pay enough. That, that's, that's not enough because we pay very well and we pay a lot and all that. Every single person who had turned us down was both coming from and going to a major competitor. Ooh. So I said it's very simple. You have two choices. We can look at different kinds of candidates. We can look at less seniority, smaller companies. They won't have the big-scale experience, those kinds of things, but you're more likely to close them. Or you can get out of your comfort zone and trying to put people in lower levels than they're expecting, less competitive offers than they're getting elsewhere. So you have to kind of decide, how do you want to play? Do you want to play in the big leagues? Do you want to swing at the World Series pitchers? Or do you want to go back to the minors? You pick, but don't come at me with this, I don't see enough resume stuff, because that is not true. Oh, so these losers, okay, I'm going to call them that, who you were praising before, they don't want to take responsibility for their own screw-ups. The first thing they, they say, I'm not getting enough resumes. I don't have any hires. There's not enough resumes. Amy's not doing her job. There were stupid recruiters not servicing yep. me properly. Okay, and you have to be prepared to challenge these people and take them you, on you and say, where's right. the evidence? And you know what happened? What happened? Here's the rest of the story. I don't work with this team anymore, but here's the rest of the story. I show them this data. I ask them the question, how do you want to proceed? Here are your options. We cannot play in this league anymore, and we can make more hires, or we can continue to play in this league, adapt and adjust where we can, and get ready for declines. They said, you know what, we'd rather get turned down then change our, our scope and change the kind of people we know we need. We will gladly accept the turndowns. We will take that data. We will l- use that to make the argument to increase compensation, to pay more, to change leveling. We'll use that data that you're gathering every time someone tells us no, and we're going to make this team stronger, better, faster. And you know what? A year and a half later, the recruiters that work with them now are doing the same thing. They love it, and they still call me and tell me what a great job I did, and they're glad that I brought them to this level. You can ask the recruiters that are on the team now so what what do you call this evidence-based uh recruiting or evidence-based consulting challenges doing my job what yeah absolutely it's it's evidence-based consulting it's here are the facts here is my recommendation you get to decide you're the one that's leading your team you're the one that's building your piece of this business but here's the facts and here's my recommendations on a couple things we can do Ultimately, Alan they Floor. decide which way Alan they want to Floor, go. Alan Floor, you, you, you asked for this conversation. Did she answer your question, or is there any questions you have in addition? To what, what that was a said? great example, and she's right. I mean, here's the thing. If you're, if, you're, you know, if you're a recruiter, and I have these conversations with them outside of my company all the time, 
you know, well, my company won't pay enough, or my client mm -hmm. is lowballing candidates. Well, why not? Because you don't make offers that don't get accepted. They have no right. reason to think that their offer is not going to get accepted because okay. you haven't shown them that. They haven't felt yeah, the pain. So let them lose a few. Let them see why they're losing a few, and then they can decide, do you want to play in the big leagues or not? Because if you do, get it together. Yeah. Okay. I used to Amy, send out an, Amy, I used Jerry to send out is always saying, Jerry is always saying, don't be confrontational with the client, okay? That's what recruiting animal does wrong, okay? He, he, he talks mm, people into a corner. Okay? <laughs> no, but you need to have your facts, animal. I used to send out an Excel spreadsheet that showed, you know, number of people that applied, you know, how many people got the interviews, why didn't they accept the offer, and it was in black and white in front of them, which was very powerful for them to look at on their screen. And it's exactly what Amy does, and it does eventually well, change their mind. And they need that because they forget all the resumes that are coming across their transom, and while you may have sent them 12, they may only be remembering four or five. And once you show it to them and you show them, look, mm -hmm. here's where we're losing. Yeah, I mean, it's not an offer to climb, but I had one that we were we were not converting interview loops. We we had like a seven percent conversion rate, where out of all the people that we had interviewed, only seven percent. I, I got to do an offer. ad. So hey, said, hey, okay, you guys have screwed me up you here. I got to do it. I got to do an ad. Hold on, we'll come oh back God. to this. Wait a sec. I think Michael G. Cox okay. wants to say something. Hey, everybody, recruiting animal here for hone it. And uh, you know what? Jerry went after me for the last ad. You know, said it wasn't good enough. This one's a little late. I, I, I <laughs> what can I do? Uh, but I'm going to charge him for it anyway. Hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T, okay? And not only that, I'm going to do it the way I like to do it. Nick is always sending me, do it this way. I like the way I do it. Hone it is interview technology, online interview technology. The candidate and the interviewer, they just pick up the phone, call a number into the interview. It's a normal interview, right? But it's supercharged, actually. It's not normal at all. It's recorded. So you've got a recording of it. You don't have to worry. Oh, what was that word he said? I didn't catch that. No, you don't have to do that anymore. And not only that, the recording is immediately turned into a, a transcript, a text transcript. You can search it for keywords. It's easy to pass these things around to other people on the interview committee. They don't have to go back and bug the candidate with the exact same questions. And, and if there's a key question or more than one, when you ask the question just before, you press a button. And then uh, at the end of that part of the conversation, you press a button again. You get a clip that you can send to anybody on the hiring team. Hey, you, this is a key issue. You don't have to listen to the whole interview. You don't have to read the whole thing. Here it is. You can hear the candidate in his or her own words tell you about it. So it's, it makes it a lot good. easier. It's a, I know Jerry uh, thought of this no, idea I love it, love it, idea. one love time it. ago, okay? He had his own uh, version of this. It was a little different, mm -hmm. though. Uh, different. And anyway, but he uh, derailed me a bit, Jerry. So you can, you know, the key the thing is you don't Gosh. have to worry about hey, how you derailed you. I was chiming in, man. I'm your partner okay. here. Thank you. Thank derailed you. is okay. like, that's. Yeah. The, derailed. The the show, Amy got me it? with this derailed thing. She said I derail, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you don't have to worry about catching every word, about typing really fast, about writing really fast. Hi, uh, hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T, does it for you. So go to honeit.com. Talk to Nick Livingston. He's a great guy. Thank you. Jeez, I don't know. It went so fast. We're almost out of time. Uh, uh, do we it's have? Crazy. I think Michael G. Cox. Michael G. Cox wanted to say something about. Uh, declines. I might have been wrong, but I thought I heard his uh, no, deep voice in the back. Yes, I, I think we we hear a lot of uh, folks talking about how they they don't have a any declines because they test the offer first, and and that may look good in in one stat, but what's happening is we're holding back the pain from or the the discomfort from our hiring managers, and they get it in their head. That, well, nobody's declined us, so everything mm -hmm. must be fine. And, and yep. the problem with that is five years down the road, you, you're, maybe you're still getting 100% accept rate, but you're having to talk to 10 times as many people, 
and your candidate quality has gone down because all the good candidates that you'd really like to have are not interested in your offer, but that information isn't being relayed to your hiring managers. But you could relate that information. You could say, look, I, I had to talk to this guy, and it didn't work out, right? I mean, I don't, I don't get your point, Mike. So we, But no, but you, what he's you, saying you is that if a recruiter's but... not willing to own that, hey, seven people did say no before I got one person to say yes because they're arrogant, they're, oh, I never make an offer that doesn't get accepted, that's silly, yep. first of all. And secondly, you're not giving the proper information and consultation to your hiring team. And back to Amy's point, data is king. If you can show them that how many people you're reaching out to um, and and, and not getting success, the leaders need to know that. Uh Who's this? Kendra? Hi, it's Linda. Linda Warren. Hi, Amy. Linda. Hi, Linda. Linda and I work together. She knows me very, very well. Oh, okay. So go ahead, Linda. First time, Melissa, first time on the show? Yeah, I don't Uh, know. No, I've been here before. I just haven't commented. Anything else you'd like to say? You know, not really. Other than, you know, leaders need to know what's going on. The, I don't the like the term leaders. These are so called leaders, okay? Ah. Uh, that's you what they call them in my organization. I, I've been brainwashed to call them leaders. What do you want us to know about leaders? Sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. They, they need to know what's going on. It's too easy to blame recruitment of why there's not hires. Um, and, and it's too easy to just point fingers. And when the data is presented back to them of how many candidates, all the, all the information they want to know, it's usually shown that it's, it's with, it falls back sometimes often on them, not on recruitment. Okay. And these people can accept that. They can say, Oh, Amy, Oh, Linda, Oh, Alan. Okay. I was wrong. Oh, it's me, not you. Yes. If you have the numbers to back you up, absolutely. 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 And and many times they still want to tell that story, but when that same story gets escalated to senior, senior leadership, and they see that this data has been presented to that other, those other leaders, quite Mm -hmm. often that's, that's a big different conversation that starts ending up happening with those leaders. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially Absolutely. when we the- actually ended up with the ones where I wasn't able to convert interviews to offers, we ended up moving some things around and had different interview slates for that team because that was a conversation I had to have with a higher up in that organization. Like, here's where we're seeing significant drop off, here's what the feedback looks like, here's where I think we're getting it wrong. And we actually shifted the way we hired for that team and changed that data. Okay, Alan. I just wanted to ask the I forgot her name if uh, Linda you've ne- Linda you've never come across a situation where somebody in between that conversation has tried to quote massage the data hoping that the general report would look better than it really does and then the conversation's really get interesting. <laughs> you know That's I haven't yes. had anyone who's tried to massage the data. Um, it's it's always been trickled up uh, from what was presented. Call me sometime. Okay. Yeah, he, he call you. He's such a good listener. He couldn't remember your name from one minute to the next. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm writing two letters as we're talking. Early in my Kathy career, Manis, no joke. Kath, I, Kathy Manis, since I neglect you so much, you get the last word. Is there anything else that you no, want to no, talk no. about? No, no, no. Kendra gets to say hi. <laughs> hey, Kendra. Kendra Sadler. Anything you want to say to Amy or anybody? You chew anybody no, out? No, she's show? she's living my pain here at Big Telcom. <laughs> <laughs> She's living your pain. I would have liked to hear about that pain. It sounds is that fifty years going or something no, like no. that. No, no, hiring managers and data. Okay, well you now you've got the path. You've got the roadmap for confronting these people, Kendra. Call what about Kendra? Me. I will. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. Good show. <laughs> you bet. Kendra, Thank you. will they accept? Will they accept feedback? I don't think so. Everybody's saying, yeah, oh yeah, sure. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. Amy. <laughs> Alan, Jerry, Kathy, Linda, Kendra. Thank you.
Don't live in an 